Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. This week we're doing a Club World Cup preview where we're going to cover every team, how the tournament works and if Chelsea really can lift the trophy. The FA Cup returns and I have Chris Harrington from the Plymouth Herald who gives a preview on our opponents, Plymouth Argyle. Now here are your hosts all the way from the UK, Mikey Berth and Chris. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod and welcome back from the winter break. So what have my co-hosts been up to in their well-earned time off? Um, working. <laughs> I've been working non-stop and I feel like I've worked about 80 hours this week but it's podcast time. I love doing the podcast. Love speaking to you boys. Chris. How are you, my friend? Uh, I've been working too. Not, not too fast. But, uh... <laughs> I've been Fair working enough. five to five. Oh, the 12 oh, okay. hour shift. And it, it feels like longer. I'm not going to lie to you. This international break seemed like longer. True. True. Well, it's not really an international break, though, is it? I don't know what it is, to be fair. Some people are playing international, some people aren't. It's, it's a really weird break. You, you, know, like you know what this was? You know, this is, right, hopefully someone gets this reference. You know when Rachel, uh, Ross said to Rachel, we, we were on a break? This yeah. is the, football in terms, I think. <laughs> I like to, be fair, to be fair, I've been watching the Neymar documentary on Netflix, two episodes in. It's it's very interesting. It is very interesting. You have to, do, you have to pay attention to it, because obviously it's got... It's got a dub version and a subtitle version for obvious reasons. So, yeah, it, it's good. And I'm also, I'm loving the new Pride of London collection that Nike have dropped. I mean, the so-called Inter Milan jersey. Uh, that's my favourite. It is, honestly, I mean, someone pointed out on Twitter that it looked like the 0910 Away kit. Now, I had to Google this because I have no bloody memory of it at all. Like, nothing. Yeah, it's, like, it. it's like Gerard Piquet at Man United. It happened, but do you actually remember him playing? Because I don't, but the photos go, he played for them. He really did, and this kit existed. No memory of it. Well, yeah, I remember it. I, yeah, I, I think it was one of my favourite kits. It's like, um, oh, you would say that. Stripes. Now I've said that. No, it's like the yellow stripes, isn't it? And then like the dark shades of blue and black, whatever it was. And yeah, yeah. I remember, it reminds me of Drogba. That's the first person I think of when I think of that kit is Drogba. Uh, you, do you think that's going to convince Lukaku to be happy and score goals again now he's got his Inter Milan kits? Let's, let's not be silly here. I mean, come on. <laughs> Won't score goals now. I mean, like, unless we literally play in the San Siro, I don't think he's going to be happy. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. We're moving to uh, doing it. What was it uh, when Wimbledon became the Dons? Uh, we can do, we're just going to move to Italy for a bit. Uh, brilliant. Um, but look, let's get back to uh, back to England and back for another round of who is that former blue. Yes, it's returning. Yes, it's back. Yeah. It's back. Uh, this former blue, he joined us for 2.25 million back in the 90s, winning an FA Cup, a League Cup, the Cup Winners' Cup, and the Super Cup. A lot of cups there. Uh, before finish, finishing his career in the Championship, he's played with Luke Chadwick, Henrik Larsson, and Patrick Clivert. So those, those are some varied names, aren't they? Any ideas yet? No. Uh, no. Okay, I'm sure some listeners are like, 
got that in one. If you got it off the Luke Chadwick edition, I'm, I'm well impressed. But we'll see. That's a little clue. It weren't at Man United he played with him. Mm. So, yeah. Right, with that, though, we're going to head straight to that newsroom and see what the latest is at Stamford Bridge. So, the transfer window slammed shut, the doors rattled, the windows are shattered from all of the slamming shut of windows. Uh, shall we take a final look at the January business listeners? It's our weekly roundup, of course, in the elevator of Chelsea News. Chelsea never open talks for Usman Dembele. Frank Lampard has brought in Ashley Cole to join him at Everton as part of the coaching staff. Thomas Tuchel didn't push for any new signings in January. His and Chelsea's priority is the summer recruitment drive. Jules Kunde, Declan Rice and Aurelian Chouameni are all among the list of targets. Chelsea have held fresh talks with teenage prodigy Harvey Vale over a new long-term deal. Chelsea are eyeing Edda Militao from Real Madrid in the summer. Chelsea are going to push to sign Jules Kunde next summer, whether they lose any of their defenders or not. Thomas Tuchel expects to have a degree of control over the summer plans at Chelsea, with key areas of address already identified. Chelsea completed the signing of Mason Burstow from Charlton Athletic, and he'll play the remainder of his season back on loan at Charlton. And finally, Mateo Kovacic has won the Premier League Goal of the Month award for January. Ah, that's a, a, a positive to end there after not much in January happening. I mean, we signed nobody officially. I know we had Dylan Williams and Mason Burstow for the future. Uh, I'm a bit concerned, not going to lie. Depth at wing, fullback, sorry, with our injuries. And we can't just take a top spot in the uh, top four for granted. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a complete clusterfuck that we didn't do any business in regards to the left back, fullback role. But guys, put me at ease or go ahead and confirm my concerns. Um, I think if you're going to play uh, four at the back, which it looks like he, it's, he's going to play four at the back going forward, um, then, you know, Malangsar is a more than capable left back. He showed that numerous times now. Um, and I, I think he's been very, very good there. He may not be the best offensively, but I think defensively, I think he's been really, really good in that left back position. Um, and we'll have Reece James back um, relatively soon. I don't know if he's back for the Plymouth game, but I know he's back soon. Um, so that's a big, big plus. But I don't think us not signing anyone is a massive blow. Yes, I would have liked to have signed a backup wing back, but I didn't want us to sign someone for the sake of it. Um, and I think going back to the point about Tuchel having an element of uh, element of um, control in in the transfers next summer, I think if you're looking at a long term plan for a club, you have to have the manager involved with transfers. Otherwise. Look at Man United and how many managers have fallen out there. Conte has fallen out with the board here. Mourinho has before. So I think if you have a plan for a club, you need to have the manager looking at transfers and wanting his players. Because otherwise, if you're just buying players for the sake of it or random players, that's where people clash. That's where styles clash. And it, that's where results don't happen. You don't get wins. You lose more games than you win. So, yeah. That's where I stand on it, anyway. Well, what do you think, Chris? Uh, with regards to January, I mean, I'm I wasn't actually that bothered that we didn't sign anyone. I'm kind of with you, but if I I would have only liked us to sign someone if it would had a bit of forward planning. You know, if it was someone we've been looking at for a while and then they become available in January and we're going to sign them and then have a long term plan for them as well, then I think it's fine. But just signing players for the sake of it. We've done it too many, too many times in the past, and that's why we've got so many players. Your Danny Drinkwaters, your Ross Barclays, who you just can't get rid of. 
um, I, I do think that's a risk when you sign anyone in January that they do become just one of those players who are always around but never actually contributing much. Um, in the summer, though, uh, I do like the idea of, uh, of Tuckle having some element of control because I, I think we we said a few weeks ago about that's what Man City and Liverpool have done really well. They they've bought players for the manager, not for the club. And well, yeah, Man City built that club for Pep to join, didn't they? Let's yeah, be honest. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, Liverpool do it. They don't sign anyone that Jurgen Klopp wouldn't want. So hopefully that that works out. I'm a little bit confused about the, the Declan Rice and Chouameni deals. I think everyone's calling for two reasons, actually. Firstly, all, all fans I see on Twitter seem to be calling for this defensive midfielder. We have to get a defensive midfielder. Defensively, we haven't been poor this season. There's, there's probably no more than a handful of games where you've looked at our midfield and thought, Oh, that struggled today. Most of the time, our midfield is pretty solid. I don't think that's that's been a problem for us. I don't know where this we need a defensive midfielder thing has has come from. I, I think you know having one wouldn't be wouldn't be a bad thing, but I don't think it's a desperate need like everyone's saying. And then the other thing I don't understand is Declan Rice or Chouameni made sense. Both of them together doesn't make any sense to me. Everyone I see on Twitter, they're all calling to sign both of these players, but then they still want Jorginho, Kante and Kovacic to play. We can't fit all five of them in. So, and this, again, it goes back to that thing of this isn't a computer game. These are players who are going to have a thought process about what's going on. And I think if we sign Royce and Chouameni, at least one of those three, Jorginho, Kovacic or Kante, is going to be saying, I think I, I, think I need to go then. Because what at least one of them, their playing time is going to suffer. And mm. let's face it, all three of them are more than good enough to be knocking on Tuchel's door saying, if I'm not first team anymore, then I'll go and play somewhere where I am. I just think people are being a bit naive to think that you can have all five of them. Plus people like Conor Gallagher. Everyone's saying bring him back into the fold. Well, how are you doing that? If you're signing them to... You can't have six or seven players for centre midfield. It's ludicrous, that would be. Yeah. You've got a good point. I mean, everyone's got... Gallagher's going to come back in. We'll have to see how it all plays out. I mean, I'm quite excited to see how Gallagher fits in, so hopefully that's a good thing. Uh, one thing I'm going to bring up, because it literally happened just before we started to record, but I must have been out of the loop on it. I was eating my uh, my dinner, so I mean, naturally food took, it, took its priority. Football took a sidestep. Uh, right, the Daily Mail have reported that Chelsea failed to convince Rudiger to sign a new contract with the latest offer of 200 grand a week. And then the guy who wrote that article then went, headline is misleading. Talks have centred around an offer of closer to £200,000 a week. The offer isn't £200,000 a week. Importantly, though, Rudiger is open to staying and club remain open to finding a compromise. So that's kind of the first important update we've had with Rudiger and his contract. We've certainly not even properly heard about whether he did want to stay or not, whether he was open or whatever. And then Matt Law replied back saying, makes a change, it's normally your copy that is misleading. So I was like, oh, Twitter beef, that could uh, roll on for weeks. But guys, what do you think? What do you think? I know I've just pulled this out of the bag onto you, but what, what are you thinking on all this? I mean, I'm, I'm just just a bit sick of the whole, is he staying, is he going sort of thing. I just want it to be sort of resolved now. It's going to be one of them where it goes on and on and on. Um, I did see that Rudiger posted an Instagram post. Um, it said, oh, a compilation of him tackling people who said hustle, whatever that means. Um, I want him to stay, of course I do. Do I think he deserves 200 grand a week? You could argue yes. But 
you know, if he doesn't want to stay, if he wants to go, he's done enough at Chelsea, he's won pretty much everything. He can go. Just I don't want it to turn sour because I, I love Rudiger and I think the fans do as well. I think Rudiger loves the fans as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd be really disappointed to see to see him go because I think he would be really difficult to replace. Um, is he worth that amount of money? I mean, to be fair, is anyone worth that amount of money? But probably as his importance to us, I'd say yeah. It, 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 as the weeks have gone on, it seemed like he was more inclined to stay. So I don't know whether something's happened. Maybe an interest from another club has, has got like firmer. So he's he's had his head turned a bit by that. But I just think until until I hear anything official, I always take all these articles with a pinch of salt because let's face it, we've had it. Him staying, he's leaving. He, he wants 400 grand a week. Or he only wants 150 and the club weren't willing to pay it. The stories change every day. So... I, I, until I see anything official, I tend not to listen anyway. Mm, I think that's pretty fair. I mean, hopefully he stays because he's been he's been pretty impressive. I've got to admit, considering when he signed, I was looking forward to seeing him in a, a blue jersey, and he's done really well since. But he's got better. He's got better under Tuchel, if we're honest. So I want him to stay. We shall see how it plays out. I think it really is one of them. Just ignore all the news. You just have to. Like, like, like people should ignore me when I had a little bit of a, a breakdown, the fact that we didn't sign anyone. Because I was, we got to sign someone, anyone, please. You know, uh, obviously the joke in our little, we have a, a podcast um, Twitter group, which loyal fans are a part of, um, where it was like, who do we, what, 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 I wanted to get a new Chelsea shirt. It was like, who should we uh, let Mike take off the, um, the form bandwagon? Because whoever I pick, they go off form. They always do. So yeah, we just just throw your names. And I was going with Thiago Silva, but I think I'd be hated if I did that. And he went off the boil. So we won't be doing that. Uh, right. What we are doing, though, we're looking at the biggest cup competition in the world. It's back. No, it's not the FA Cup. It's the Club World Cup. And if you're like me, who doesn't have a bloody clue about what is going on or how it works, then you're in luck because I'm going to actually explain it. Uh, <laughs> but this is our Club World Cup preview. So I'm going to break it down for you. There are seven teams who have qualified. We've got Palmeiras. Uh, the winners of the Copa Libertadores, Chelsea, winners of the Champions League, Al Halal, winners of the AFC Champions League, Al Ali, winners of the CAF Champions League, Monterey, winners of the CONCACAF Champions League, Asprey, who are the nominee to replace Auckland City, and Al Jazeera, winners of the UAE Pro League. Um, Chelsea and Palmeiras enter at the semi-final stage, whilst Al Halal, Al Hali and Monterey are going to be entering at the second round with the remaining two sides entering in round one. Obviously, we know one result so far. Now, Chelsea will face one of Al-Halal or Al-Jazeera, because obviously the latter beat Azpere 4-1 in the first round. We kind of all expect the final to be a clash against Palmeiras. Might not be, but that's what you'd expect. The UEFA Champions League winners obviously have won the World Cup each year since 2012, the Club World Cup, obviously. Uh, Corinthians obviously won it in 2012, that's the last time a, a non-European team won it. And yep, that was against Chelsea. So no pressure for us. Um, yeah, UK fans, if you're listening, you, you'll be able to watch the drama unfold on E4 with the final on Channel 4. Programming is starting at 4pm for both games. Highlights program covering the final will be shown later that day. That's the competition summary. So fantastic. That's all in the bag. Uh, look, we lost a chance to lift this trophy in 2012. Guys, are we set up to fall short again due to these injuries in 2022? No, I, th I think we should we should win. Um, I think 
I think if you look at our squad, it's far ahead of um, where any of the other teams are. I think our manager, we had Benitez back then when we lost in the final. Last I think Tuchel was a far better manager than Benitez. Um, I think he'll want to win it. I think the players will want to win it. Um, and, and I just think we're just too good. Uh, that's going to bite me in the arse now because no doubt we'll lose one in the final or in the <laughs> semi-final. Um, but I just think we'll be too good. Our quality will be too strong for the other teams. Palmeiras will be a tough uh, game if we do play them in the final, if we get there, of course. But we have to win it, I would think. I think I'll be disappointed if we don't win it. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I, I would also be disappointed if we didn't win it. I think the only thing, it's either complacency that will cost us if the players are thinking that the teams that we're playing aren't great, which on paper really they're not. Um, or it's because that sort of unknown. I think that I think that's what catches out a lot of the the Champions League winners that go to this this tournament. I think a lot of the teams you're playing are relatively unknown. Like all of their players and their coaching staff, they would have watched Chelsea games the same way they would have watched Barcelona when they went there or Real Madrid. I can't imagine that many of our players watching Palmeiras games, except Thiago Silva, evidently. Um, and same with the coaching stuff. So tactically, it's always interesting. It means a lot more to the other teams in the competition, I think, as well. That can catch you out. But I do think I, I would be really disappointed about uh, not winning it if that if that happens. The only thing that always annoys me about this competition is I remember when we was in it in, in 2012, the kickoff times. I, I, I don't think I watched a single one of the games in 2012 because I, I couldn't. And it seems like this one's going to be the same. Uh, I'm just going to pull them up for us. Let's have a peek. Uh, right. To, for us, it's half four on a Wednesday. That's yeah, British be, time. Yeah, and right. the final is half four on a Saturday. Right, I'm at work again. Brilliant. Oh. Uh, I can watch on Saturday, Chris. I'll I can watch you on I'll Saturday as well. Yeah, I'll text you. I can also, uh, the 9th and the 12th. Oh, I'm off. There we go. See, everyone's happy now. That's all brilliant. Yeah. Well done, Chris. Well done. The semi-final, I can't watch that. I will be at work for that, but I am off on the Saturday. Well, well we're away for that, apparently. That's why it's official. we're officially declared the away team for that game. So, uh -huh. and then, But if we win, the winner of that semi-final is the official home team. So work that one out I've never reason. I've never got that in finals like, at Wembley why is there like, it's, like there's no home and away I think it's there. kit choice you can choose what kit you have then you have the home the, kit does so. does a kit really matter on how you play though uh I think every time we played in yellow at Wembley we won so <laughs> yeah but is that because we played in yellow or yes because we yes <laughs> look, look. If we do get through to the final, let let's not get carried away or arrogant. I'd say because you know we will likely face Palmeiras, and they're no pushovers as we know from speaking to fans earlier last year when we were linked with their club captain Gustavo Gomez. I mean, this team they're defensively sound. They're hard to break down. You know, I looked into who who to watch out for, and you've got Rafael Vega. He's their like midfield talisman. Another one to watch is Gustavo Scarpa. But Vega, he's got a wand of a left foot. Honestly, I looked at his highlight reels this week. It's quite mesmerising. I know they can, sh can skew the narrative, but I, I'm, I was quite impressed. I mean, overall, we've kind of touched on it a bit. How do we feel about this competition in terms of our season and how serious we should take it? Look, uh, if you're ranking 
Cup competitions, I think for me, I don't think this one holds that much prestige, even though it's like the Club World Cup. I just, I, I'd much rather win an FA Cup or a League Cup than this one. And, and I, I don't know why. Um, I, I just would because I think the competition's a lot harder in the League Cup and, and the FA Cup. And obviously the Champions League and Premier League are shoulders above everything else. But look, I want to win it. I wanted to win the Cup Winners' Cup. Um, or the Super Cup, whatever it's called. Um, and this is no different. Um, it's an extra bit of silverware. It'll bring a much-needed confidence boost to this squad. Um, it I will mean, help Tuckle's job. It will help Tuckle's job as well, I think. I think if you look at the end of the season and it's say if we only finish third and don't win any of the trophies, at least Tuckle can say, well, look, I won the Super Cup. I've won the Cup, uh, the Cup World Championships. Mm. No one else has done that for Chelsea. So, you know, I mean, at least, at least that'll help him. But look, we want to win it. Of course we do. But I don't think... It's above the league or the FA Cup for me. I've got to say, I really want us to win it because it completes Aspilicueta completes club football if he does it. He can because he's got a Premier League medal. Obviously, he's got more than one, but hear me out. He's got an FA Cup, a League Cup, a Champions League, Europa League, a Super Cup, but he hasn't got a Club World Cup. So he'd pretty much complete club football in England if he was to lift this trophy. I mean, it'd be amazing. Not bad at all. Chris, how do you feel about the how how serious should this competition be taken this season? I'm sort of with Berth, to be honest. I mean, it's a bit like the Super Cup to me. Like, really, up until the game, I don't really care. <laughs> and obviously, when the game starts, you can't help but care. Uh, but it's nice to win it. Of course, it is. Would I be absolutely devastated if we were to lose? Not really. Um, obviously, I want to win it. Get that nice gold badge on the top. That'd be nice. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Mm. Yeah, and then we can we can do like what Man United took a lot of joy in and announce ourselves as world champions. Yes, and we know who we are, champions of the world. Oh, br- <laughs> oh, we need to win it now. I've decided we have to. It's a must. Doesn't do. quite doesn't quite have the same ring to it though when you're chanting champions of the world. We know what we are. I, I prefer champions <laughs> of Europe. I think it yeah. was off the tongue a bit better. Yeah, but but the world is bigger than Europe and it contains <laughs> Europe. I've realised how stupid I sound saying it's bigger than Europe. <laughs> I, I'm, oh. I'm, glad, I'm glad you've cleared that up because there was me thinking that Europe <laughs> is bigger than the world. We, we need to then have an intergalactic cup where you take on the winners of the moon and Mars and, oh, yes. That, I don't know, that, that could be a thing one day, you never know. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Saturn, I, I, you you want to see the teams on Saturn, I'm telling <laughs> you now. <laughs> oh, I mean... We could see some iconic names. I mean, it's a stretch, maybe, saying iconic. Maybe more, oh, yes, that guy. I remember him. Because Monterey have got Hector Moreno, Joel Campbell and Vincent Janssen. Um, over at Al-Halau, we have Leonardo Jardim in charge. Playing in the squad, though, we have Odion Ajalo, uh, Mateus Pereira, who scored twice and set up two in West Brom's 5-2 victory over us. Yeah. Uh, Andre Carrillo and Musa Morega. So that's some, some, some names we remember. I mean, Mateus Pereira, I, I'm literally terrified of him. Because he just seems to have a monopoly over us. Whenever he plays us, he, he just turns into like a messy type character. Just as, just as long as no one's got Callum Robinson, we'll be all right. We'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, I did see, I did ask some Brazilian contacts of mine about Palmeiras, and I'll read this one quote out. I don't know if they were taking the mick out of me a bit, but they said, uh, Palmeiras, they're a defensive team, very shitty strikers that somehow look out and score goals. Their midfield is strong, young, and full of energy but quite inexperienced and it's a bit passive when they succumb to pressure and they've got some pragmatic tactics. Now they aren't, they aren't a fan of Palmeiras, but 
they're a fan of Flamengo. So um, they might have been mocking that team. I don't know because I'm a bit out of it. But let, let, let me look at it as a, a whole. For me, I love the 2011 edition in Japan because Barcelona versus Santos in the final. I mean, it was Messi Neymar before, obviously, he moved to Barca and the hype was real. But it's such a shame because Barca walked that 4-0. And Neymar didn't even get to showcase his talents. And sorry, Chelsea fans, but when Corinthians beat us in Japan back in 2012, that's a classic. I mean, it was such an upset. And, you know, Frank Lampard, Juan Mata, Hazard, Torres and the whole team, everyone said we'd have little trouble. Uh, you know, we'd been delivering Europe its sixth successive Club World Cup. Instead, they found Paolo Andre, Chicao, Paulinho and Danilo and especially goalkeeper Cassio in inspiring form Cassio especially I mean if you look at the highlights of that wow uh yeah what what do you have any memories guys of the um good old club world cup over the years um I don't really I remember when we were in it um and I remember the semi-final more than the final um because I think Torres scored I remember Torres scoring I believe as he celebrated he did the typical knee slide but his knee got stuck in the ground and I'm pretty sure he just face planted the floor oh oh dear that's the, that's the only thing I really remember about that. But look, the teams, Chris said it earlier, I think the teams, um, not your Palmeiras, your Howellau, I think they'll be more up for it than Chelsea. Uh, well, not more up for it, but they'll they'll see it as more prestigious than Chelsea will, um, I feel. And I just think that's why we will be caught out if we were to lose. Um, but hopefully there'll be more good memories of us winning trophies to come. We'll be lifting another trophy. Tuck will be celebrating as would have completed the world footballing trophy cabinet, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it. Chris, any memories of the Club World Cup? You've got to have a good one. Come on. Um, not really. I mean, I think the only time I've ever been interested in it at all was when we was in it. I, I really don't pay attention to it outside of that. I've, I remember, I do remember the, the, the one you were just talking about, the Barcelona one, because it was billed so big as Messi against Neymar. Mm. Um, the year we was in it, I just remember that we really should have won that final. But it was like, it's, it's throwback, throwback Chelsea to just had all the ball and just couldn't score. But we've, what, what are we now? 10 years on, still the same problem. Um, strange that. I just, I do think if, if we are, if we are, going to come unstuck it will be complacency I think that's the only thing that could hold us back but what does always worry me with this team is we have had those games a lot with this squad where you know Burnley at home earlier in the season is a prime example for Sheffield United away when we got battered West Brom at home it, so that does concern me but I do think overall I think our uh, quality would be too much and I think Tuckle really wants to win it and I think he'll make sure that the players are up for it because I think he wants it maybe more than the players some of the players will I think it, it's something that he really wants from it, the way he's been speaking about it I just hope that we can get through it with injury free would be the main thing yeah I, I agree with that we cannot afford any more injuries really really can't uh this weekend, though, we're going to be taking on Plymouth in the fourth round of the FA Cup. So I called up a man who has covered Plymouth for 25 seasons. That's an amazing record, that is. Uh, football reporter Chris Errington from Plymouth Live to preview our clash. Hi, it's Chris Errington, football reporter for Plymouth Live. 
I'm expecting plenty of goals on Saturday at Stamford Bridge. Argyle have uh, scored nine goals in the last four games, but they've conceded ten, including a 4-2 league defeat at Sheffield Wednesday. So uh, there's been plenty of action in those games, and I see no reason why it won't be the same this weekend. Clearly, Argyle are going to uh, go to Stamford Bridge and uh, try and be as defensive-minded as they can. You, you can't be a League One team 48 places below Chelsea in the football pyramid and expect to take the game to them. So they're going to have to be as defensively secure as they can be, but they do have good attacking players in their side, certainly at the League One level, and it'll be interesting to see how those players can um, test themselves against better-level players. Uh, Argyle under Stephen Schumacher generally will always play a 3-5-2 formation. They play a midfield holding player, and that will be Jordan Houghton, and of course that should be a name familiar to to Chelsea fans. He came up through the ranks at Chelsea, was an FA Youth Cup winner uh, with them, and although he never... um, made a first-team appearance, you know, he's clearly got close connections with the Blues and uh, will be really looking forward to playing against uh, against them at Stamford Bridge this weekend. In terms of players to look out for, um, there was three I would give you, and uh, two of them are players that have come up through the club's academy. The first is goalkeeper Mike Cooper. He's 22-year-old. Um, and for a goalkeeper, he's made a number of appearances uh, at a relatively young age. He uh, has been an ever-present for Argyle, in League One since the start of last season. So he's played all 46 games last season and another 28 on top of that this season. And I think that's a good indication of the potential that Argyle feel he have. He has the ability he has. Um, he's a particularly good shot stopper. And, um, you know, if Argyle are going to, you know, get a, get any sort of result uh, at Stamford Bridge, they're going to rely on him to make uh, a number of saves, I'm sure. In midfield, they have um, Panucci Kamara. He's a, a 24-year-old from uh, from uh, Guinea-Bissau. He, he recently returned from playing for them in the Africa Cup of Nations out in Cameroon. He was uh, a sub in the first game that they played out there against Sudan, but then started uh, the next two group games, which were against Mo Salah's Egypt and uh, Nigeria. Uh, Guinea-Bissau didn't qualify for the later stages of the tournament, but um, a great experience for him. He gives Argyle a real strong presence in midfield, very good at carrying the ball forward um, and has possibly been Argyle's best player in the season. And then finally up front, they have another uh, 22-year-old in Luke Jeffcott. Um, He's come up through the youth ranks at Argyle. Uh, He's got a goal in each of his last three games. That's taken his tally for the season to 10. Um, He made his 100th appearance for Argyle last Saturday in their 3-1 win at uh, Doncaster Rovers in the league. Uh, 35 goals in 100 games is a, is a good return for someone who's still relatively early in his career. And the thing about him, he's an excellent, excellent first-time finisher. If the ball's played in, into him into the box, it's very often that he gets a first-time shot away and scores. So if Argyle were able to get into a position where they could create a chance or two for him, he's the man that they'll be looking for to try and, um, and get a goal or two. Um, yeah, and clearly a big day out for, for Argyle and their fans. Uh, they haven't had too many days like that, um, like this in recent times. They went to the Emirates to play Arsenal in 2010 uh, when Argyle was still in the Championship and uh, had a big crowd there. I think there was 9,000 people that day, day at the Emirates. And then the most recent time they've had um, an occasion like this was they went to Liverpool as a League Two team in January 27, 2017. Uh, in the third round, they went to Anfield and uh, managed to get a nil-nil draw. Liverpool didn't play their strongest team by any means, but uh, Argyle battled bravely away from home 
and uh, took them back for a replay to home park and only lost that one uh, 1-0 in the replay. So uh, gave a very good account of themselves on that occasion uh, and I'm sure they'll be looking to do the same again this time around. Uh, Argyle have got just under 6,000 tickets, I think, for the game. They were all sold to season ticket holders roughly within a day and I think that gives you the indication of the... um, the excitement that people down in Plymouth uh, have got for this game. Um, you, you can't underestimate what it means, I think, um, to fans of lower-level clubs to be able to play these games. Uh, you know, Chelsea clearly have um, lots of different priorities, lots and lots of big games. But, you know, this is a, this is a big deal for Argyle, and I think the fans and players will be determined to enjoy it as the best they can, put in the best possible performance they can, and, you know, cliche time, it's the FA Cup, you never know. Um, you know, unusual results do happen. But if Argo can go there, do themselves proud and uh, go go away from the ground thinking they've given them the best possible account of themselves, then that'll be job done as far as they're concerned. That was Chris Errington covering the Plymouth side of this clash. Now, guys, Plymouth, what, what are you expecting from Chelsea, especially team sheet-wise? Um, I think he'll put out a relatively strong squad. Um, I think does seem that from the uh, the press conference today. Yeah, I think he'll want to just sort of after the break as well. He doesn't want anyone to be rusty. I don't think he's going to play off starting eleven to start in the Premier League game, but I think there'll be a few big names in there, along with say players like Harvey Vale. I hope to play at least um, a bit and players like that. So you know, Bettinelli, I'm no doubt will play as well. Uh, but it'll be a tough game. I mean, talk about complacency. The FA Cup, you know, we've seen it over the years where big teams, or we, we did it against Bradford under Mourinho, you know, we went 2 0 up and then we lost 4 2. So this won't be an easy game. Um, but, you know, it, it's the FA Cup, anything can happen. Um, but we, I'm sure the team he'll put out, which will be stronger, I'm pretty sure um, we should have enough to beat Plymouth pretty easily. I, I mean, for me, I, I'd expect Bettinelli. I'd say Lewis Hall and Harvey Vale again, maybe? Yeah, I'd, I'd think that, yeah. You know, Soul as well. I did read a preview today that still made me laugh. Cause it said um, Chelsea's first choice keeper, Eduard Mendy, is unlikely to play Saturday. <laughs> I was like that, unlikely. Well, he might. He might. I think he's got things busy this weekend, Carthelan. He's got other things on his mind. Um, Chris, what are you expecting from the Chelsea side of, of things here? I think people will be disappointed with the lineup again. I think most when, clubs, when are we not? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah that is true. That We're is always true. upset. But I think a lot of people always expect to see youngsters come into these games, but I don't think Tuckle will. I think having the break means that players are well-rested. Mm. You, know, you look at the team that he put out against Chesterfield, it was well, Lewis Hall, and then it was uh, pretty much our strongest team. Um, I think Werner, Havertz, maybe Ziyech even to start. I don't think there'll be much change in midfield. Saul may get a game, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on it. I think it'll be two out of Jorginho, Kante and Kovacic again. Um, Defence pretty much picks itself, really. Um, I think Saab will start at left-back. I don't think Alonso's going to play. I, I, I just think he'll go strong. I think he, he seems to me like someone who... He's trying to guard against that complacency that Berth was just talking about. And I do think sometimes when you do pick a team with some youngsters in it, you are, in in a way, indirectly, and it shouldn't be this way, but indirectly, you are telling the senior players, this will be an easy game for us today. And mm-hmm. I do think that's why managers don't like to do it. I think those 
Maybe a little bit. Maybe Hall will start. He ha- oh, after the last game, he has to surely when he plays yeah, in the I, FA Cup. Yeah, I think Vale might might get some minutes off the bench. I mean, to be fair, I hope we don't see Ross Barkley again. Because <laughs> that's the only thing I think I've agreed with. Like the uproar on Twitter when he brought on Ross Barkley ahead of Harvey Vale. And then Barkley played like he did. And it was like, oh my God, don't do that again. So I hope we don't see that. At least use players like Vale and that off the bench if the game has gone as we would expect it to. At home, we're normally quite comfortable in FA Cup games. Um, I'd, I'd be saying relatively comfortable, maybe another game that's quite dead by half time. I mean, I was quite shocked to see today. Apparently, there's, it's not close, but there's interest. Um, a deal from with Galatasaray for Ross Barkley. Now, I'm being honest. If I'm Ross, I mean, it's a new country and everything else. Would you want to do that move? That's an amazing opportunity. Yeah. It, it really, really is. Yeah. yeah I mean, I he might turn it down, but mainly because if some some listeners will go, uh, I'd go to Galatasaray. Um, can you tell me, guys, where you think they might be in the league right now? That's not a hint. Um, I'm just simply saying, where do you think they would be? I think they've got to be about sixth or seventh, I reckon. All right, Chris, where do you think they should be? Well, well they should be in the top three. Right. So. Top three are Alanya Spore, Kanya Spore and Trabon Spore. Uh, Galatasaray, now it's a 20-team league. Four teams get relegated. So anything 17 and below goes down. Galatasaray are 15th. Wow. Yeah, with uh, a three-point gap over fourth spot from bottom. Yes. What a season they've had. I mean, that's it's shocking. Really, That's I mean, all. they're one of the big players as well. You think when you think of Turkey, you think of obviously Fenerbahce and Besiktas and Galatasaray. So it's like it's quite a worry. They could go down. Yeah, they could. And some listeners will go, "Oh, they're too big to fail." Atletico Madrid got relegated once from La Liga, and they had a stacked team back in the early noughties. Yeah. That's why Hasselbank yeah. ended up at Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah, I think he was top scorer, wasn't he? When we did the. Um... Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. So that sort of says it all, really. I mean, it's a bit of a scary one if they go down. But I think Ross Barkley can pull him out of that relegation battle. No, I. Oh, you just Ross Barkley's not that player. If you want someone to pull you out of a relegation battle, no offense to Ross Barkley, but he is absolutely not that player. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> that is so true. And that's no. harsh. But I mean, Ross Barkley's what? I think Ross Barkley's my age now, which is twenty-eight. He's not a kid anymore. He, his peak, he should be at his peak now in his prime. His prime isn't good enough. His prime isn't where it should be. He's just not good enough for a, a big club anymore. Oh, just double-checked my stats. I don't like to be incorrect. Uh, La Liga, when they went down, was 99-2000. Uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasbank got 24 goals, which was three less than Salva, who got the uh, top goal scorer in that honour that year. So he was second, joint second in the top goal scoring charts. But still, wow, that's, we'll have to see. Um, yeah, but former Blue time, before we sign off, we're going to find out who it is. So at the start, I said that the former Blue joined us for two and a quarter million pounds back in the 90s. He won an FA Cup, a League Cup, the Cup Winners' Cup and Super Cup before finishing his career in the Championship. He's played with Luke Chadwick, Henrik Larsson and Patrick Clivert. I'm going to assume that none of you have picked it up yet. Nope. No. OK. He played with Luke Chadwick at Stoke. Oof. He played with Henrik Larsson at Feyenoord and Patrick Kluivert for the Dutch national side. 
So that limits it down. You've you've pretty much worked out his nationality there. Uh, I think I might know. I, I could at least take a guess, I think. I think I'm more, I don't know, maybe. Right. He was a Dutch golden boot winner yeah. in 1994, no, no, no. which is a bit, it's, well, hang on, before you go, oh, no, it's a bit like their footballer of the year. It's just awarded on an annual basis, and then they combined it with their best award ever. It, it's, I, I looked into it, and I was like, I don't know why it's called the golden boot. I get it, but it can go to any player, but whatever. So it, it, can, it can go to any player, so it's not for the highest goal scorer? Is that what no. Why, I, I, it's kind of like they've just renamed the Ballon d'Or in their country and just gone, we'll just call it the golden boot because football boots. That's where I got the impression from. I, mean, I was like, all right. I've got a name, but I don't think it's right. Uh, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Chris go. If he knows it, I'll let Chris go. Okay. Is, is it Ed De Hoy? Yeah, okay. that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. It, it is Ed DeHoy. It's Ed DeHoy, yeah. indeed. I yeah, thought, well what done. a classic now. I, I remember him at Stoke. I mean, I was a bit too young to remember him at Chelsea, but I do remember him at Stoke. Okay. <laughs> See, I remember him at Chelsea, so, but I always, I always thought, I always thought he was a bit rubbish, Ed DeHoy, because he looked like oh, an no, octopus. Oh, he was underrated. No, well, that's the thing. As a kid, I just thought he looked like an octopus, so I thought I didn't like him. But looking back, <laughs> like he's a bit of a cult hero at Chelsea. Like He's actually a really good keeper. Yeah, I mean, he lost his place to, obviously, Carlo Cudicini, which, amazing goalkeeper. I still think yeah, he's so yeah. underrated. Um, in fact, I preferred him over Czech for many a season before Czech thought, you know what, I'll show show Mike what's, what he's missing out on. But, yeah, I mean, Ed De Hoy, what, what an iconic name. He, he could be a cult hero one day on an episode. We'll have to definitely, wait. Definitely. Uh, with that, though, we've come to the end of another episode of At The Bridge Pod. You know the, the score by now, listeners. You can always find us on Twitter and Instagram if you don't already follow us. At, at the bridge pod if you listen on apple podcast and spotify now as well you leaving us a review really really helps out so till next time that is us signing off